loving one another. Title of today's sermon. A woman writes, A couple of years ago, I stumbled off the subway in Upper Manhattan, exhausted after a long and stressful day at work, dreaming about the warmth of my bed. I stopped at a 7-Eleven on my way to my apartment to buy a bag of popcorn. A man about three times my size stood in front of me at the register, buying a pack of cigarettes and turned towards me, telling me I looked tired. I smiled uncomfortably and became noticeably more alert, as a young woman does when a strange man starts talking to her at night. He turned towards the cashier and said that he was going to get my snack too. I politely declined, I was already pulling out my wallet, but this man wouldn't allow me to say no. He handed the cashier a couple of extra dollars to cover my popcorn and told me that he hoped my night got better. He walked out of the store, and I never saw him again. The world could use a little more kindness, especially with the year we just had. It's pretty easy to get caught up in your own routine and everyday personal worries that sometimes we just don't remember to tune into those around us. The man who paid for her popcorn has stuck with her and inspired her to pay it forward to others who look like they could use a hand. And it feels great to be kind, so it's a win-win. Another story. A year ago, Michael Harold had a heart attack and actually died on the table several times. Now, a year later, the coronavirus is here. Micah owns a tattoo parlor. He's an extremely talented artist, but his tattoo parlor has been closed because it was deemed not essential. But Micah has stepped up is giving back to his community. His shop is on the edge of a not-so-affluent part of town. He has stocked up his shop with essentials, such as toilet paper, paper towels, different types of non-perishable foods, and emergency items. Some things he bought with his own money, and others he has gotten from some donations from his community. He makes hand sanitizer and also gloves and other items that people need for this pandemic available to his shop. And everything is free. You just go in, Tell him what you need, and he gives it to you. And his mother, Deborah Allen, is also involved, not in his business, but in making cloth masks for people. She has been a long-time clothing designer and is now making masks and just giving them away. They are both helping the community a great deal. Stories of Kindness. <laughs> Stories of sharing love to strangers when you don't know them and you get nothing back in return, usually. That's what I wanted us to focus on today. Love. What is love? Well, love can be a verb, or is a verb. And according to Dr. Sternberg, consummate love may be harder to maintain than it is to achieve as the components of love must be put into action. Without behavior and expression, passion is lost, and love may revert back to the companion type. This is talking about romantic love between husband and wife, between spouses. Types of love, from the ancient Greeks. Now some of these you might have heard of before, but apparently there are eight of them. Eight types of love from the ancient Greeks. Number one, agape. This is an altruistic, selfless, unconditional love. 
The Greeks thought this was quite radical, perhaps because so few people seemed capable of feeling this long term. Some people will describe agape as a spiritual type of love. For instance, we Christians believe that Jesus exhibited this kind of love for all humans. He was selfless and sacrificed himself so that others could be rid of their sins. Jesus suffered for the happiness of others. Eros, romantic love. Eros is named after the Greek god of love and fertility. Therefore, it is usually associated with romantic, passionate, and physical love. It is an expression of sexual passion and desire. The Greeks were actually quite fearful of this love, strangely enough. They thought that because human beings have an instinctual impulse to procreate, that this love was so powerful and it would result in a loss of control. Although the Greeks thought this kind of love was dangerous, it is still the kind of love that is associated with passionate sexual love. Even in modern days, some people believe that this kind of love burns hot and bright, but burns out fast. Philia, affectionate love. Ever heard of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love? That's where that came from. The Greeks defined this kind of love as affectionate love. In other words, it's the kind of love that you feel for your friends. Ironically, the ancient Greeks thought that this kind of love was better than Eros because it represented a love between two people who considered themselves equals. While a lot of people associate the word love with romance, Plato always argued that physical attraction was not necessary for love. Hence, why there are so many different types of love. This type, in particular, is referred to as platonic love, love without sexual acts. Philatia, self-love. Philatia is self-love. In our modern-day society, most people associate self-love with being narcissistic, selfish, or stuck on yourself. However, this is not what the ancient Greeks meant by self-love. Self-love is not negative or unhealthy in any way. In fact, it is necessary to be able to give and receive love from other people. We cannot give to others what we don't have. And if we don't love ourselves, how can we truly love others? Another way to look at self-love is by thinking about it as self-compassion. Just as you might sow affection and love to another person, you must also show that same affection and love to yourself. Storge, familiar love. Storge can be defined as familiar love. Although it's a strange term, let's explain what it really means. This type of love looks and, lo looks and feels a lot like philia, affectionate love between friends. However, this love is more like a parent and child love. Just like philia, there is no physical or sexual attraction, but there is a strong bond and a kinship, a familiarity between people. Pragma, enduring love. The ancient Greeks defined pragma as enduring love. It's almost the opposite of eros. Eros tends to burn up quickly because of its passion and intensity. However, pragma is the love that has matured and developed over a long period of time. The kind of old married couples that have been together since their teenage years and still hold hands, well, that's a great example of pragma. Unfortunately, this kind of love is somewhat rare to find, especially in our society today. Most people don't stay together long enough for pragma to exist. People seem to think the grass is always greener on the other side, and therefore don't have the patience and desire to watch their love grow into pragma. 
This type of love doesn't require a lot of effort in relationship. Both people are good at making compromises, and each one of them puts in equal amounts of effort to make the other person happy. Ludus, playful love, number seven. Almost done with this. Ludus is known as a playful love. It's a better way to describe it is that feeling of infatuation in the beginning of romance. If you've ever been in love before, you know what I'm talking about. It's the butterflies in your stomach, the giddiness you feel when you see your love walk through the door, the feeling of never wanting to be without them. For some people, this lasts for like this. Other people, it lasts a little bit longer. This type of love, your brain is actually acting like it was if it was on a hard drug. In other words, your brain is lit up and active just like someone who is literally high. It makes you feel alive and excited about life. And last type of love. And this one is not so weird. This one is called mania, or obsessive love. Mania is not necessarily a good type of love because it's obsessive. It's the type of love that can lead someone into madness, jealousy, or even anger. That's because the balance between Eros and Ludus is terribly off. Many people who experience this type of love suffer from low self-esteem. They fear losing the object of their affection, and the fear compels them to say or do some crazy things in order to keep them. If not kept under control, mania can be very destructive in some cases. And this was all from Dr. Carol Morgan um, and Lifehack.org and different types of love. So we've talked about different types of human love. What about God's love? God's love is perfect, all-encompassing, and unconditional. God will not allow anything to go between us and his love. God's love has no boundaries. Romans 8, 35-39 says, Can anything ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean we know he no longer loves us if we have true trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened in death. As scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither life, nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So what is love? Well, according to Scripture, love is sacrificial. Love forsakes all things. Love is selfless. Love is others-focused. Love is superior. Love is greater than all. Love is selflessness. It's treating others the way that you would want to be treated. Love is unconditional. And real love is a loyalty to one another. Love is patient. Love is honest. Love is forgiving. 1 Corinthians 13, 
4 through 8, and verse 13. Familiar passage. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 8, love never fails. And verse 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Today's passage of scripture is in 1 John 2, 3 through 11. Verse 3 starts, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys this word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing to you a new command, but an old one, which you have seen since the beginning, have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing to you a new command. It is the truth seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister in the darkness is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness is blind. And just as Christian, Kristen preached last week from John 13 through 15, and other passages, we are told to keep God's commands, to love one another just as Jesus loves us. John 13, 34-35 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. John 15, 12 says, My command is this, love each other, as I have loved you. And in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus replied, Love your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And other passages of scripture. 1 John 4.11 and 1 John 4.19-21. 11, verse 11 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 19-21 says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, 
Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. What about Jesus? How did he show love to us? How did he show love to others? Well, he, first of all, he, he died for us. He died for us so that we may live in him. And before that, he healed us. He listened to us. He befriended us. And he challenged us. Scripture, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave us one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. Jesus healed us. Matthew 8, 2-3 says, A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, the man was cleaned of the cleanse of his leprosy. Jesus listened to us. Luke 18, 16 says, But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He befriended us. Matthew eleven nineteen says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by your deeds. And he challenged us. Matthew 22, 18-22 says, But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. And then he said to them, So give back to Caesar's what is Caesar's, and to God's what is God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Jesus showed his love in many ways. And we are supposed to emulate him when we are to love one another. We are supposed to emulate Jesus. Earlier this week, I asked on Facebook, and Pastor Mark shared this as well. I asked the question, what's our biggest challenge in loving one another? Here are some of the responses that I got. A challenge in loving other people. Inclusion and acceptance without condition. Remembering that you can love people without agreeing with everything they say and do. Another challenge is that most people are constantly defending their own egos and their own personalities and their own viewpoints instead of looking at someone else's. One person says, I think folks have a fear of being vulnerable and not knowing how to hold space for someone who is being vulnerable. Other people said judgment, misunderstandings, assumptions, blaming, even lying. These are all challenges that we have in loving another, one another and loving people. What are challenges that you have in loving other people? 
But despite our challenges, we must love one another. Especially as disciples of Christ. Especially as people who call themselves Christians. We must love one another. We must step out in unity with one another, despite our differences and despite our challenges. We must love one another. And that's the sermon in a sentence. Loving one another. How do we do that? How do we love one another, like Jesus did? Well, we must walk in the light of God's love in order to love one another. You cannot love if you do not know the love of God. You cannot truly love someone else in a way that is sacrificial, selfless, and superior if you do not know the love of God. We must first accept God's unconditional love in our lives and be empowered to love others. We must speak and act in grace and in truth. We must respect one another. We must encourage one another. How can we do this? Through the love of Jesus, of course. What are ways that we can show love to other people in a practical way? Well, if you've heard of the five love languages, this will sound familiar to you. If you haven't, here's an introduction. There are five love languages according to Dr. Jerry Gary Chapman. Number one, acts of service. For people whose love language is act of service, actions speak louder than words. So they'd rather see someone do something for them to say I love you rather than hear the words I love you. Two, receiving gifts. For some people, receiving a heartfelt gift is what makes them feel most loved. Three, quality time. This love language is all about giving that person her undivided attention. Four, words of affirmation. This love language uses words to affirm other people. So here, I love you. Physical touch, number five. To this person, nothing speaks more deeply than an appropriate physical touch. Think of the people in your life. Think of what you can do for them to show love for them. Acts of service, giving gifts, spending time with them, speaking words of encouragement to them, giving them a hug, or a handshake, or whatever is appropriate for the situation. These are ways you can love other people. I know for me, mine have kind of shifted and changed over time. Quality time has become um, a number one for me because I have three children, and a wife, and friends, and family, and the family is far away from me, so every time I spend time with them, it must be quality time, because I only get such a short amount of time with them. And with my wife and my kids, spending time with them all the time is good, but quality time, where we're spending one-on-one -on -one with each other, is perfect. 
And I also like receiving gifts. <laughs> I don't know about you, but getting the gift all wrapped up in a car, and the card <coughs> is great. I also love giving gifts. I love the personalization that you can do for anything, for any occasion. But if you ever want to show me love, send me something. Hint, hint. I'm just kidding. No. And also, and also words of affirmation. Hearing different ways of the phrase, I love you, is also great. Like, for my wife and I, it's, I think you're really handsome today. Today? Not any other day? Just today? No, I'm just kidding. No. So stuff like that. So saying that you did great at this, or I love it when you did that, or thank you for doing this. Those kinds of words of affirmation. And of course, we can feel love in all five of those categories. It just depends on how we're wired and how we experience things as to which one is at the top and fills your love tank the fastest. What are other ways to love? Well, What's true for me isn't true for someone else. So we cannot love everyone the same way as we love someone who is special in our lives. We cannot love everyone the same way. We can't send everyone a card in the mail because some people don't even care about cards in the mail. I'm not one of those people. But some people don't care about them. They will look at them and they will just toss them away. Some people don't like to be touched and that's okay. Don't give those people hugs. They don't like them. Some people don't like to spend a lot of time with people. They'd rather just see people quickly or talk to them quickly. For some people, if you've taken their groceries for them, they're going to think you're the greatest person ever. For other people, you're taking groceries, you're just helping them out, and it doesn't really matter. So we must think about other ways that people need love. And think about the ways that you express love as well. We cannot show the love to a stranger in the same way we show love to a friend. Now, in the stories at the beginning, that's showing love to strangers. That's something we can all do. But showing love to a friend requires a lot more of us, doesn't it? We must encourage one another. And we cannot love if we do not first know love. Like I said before, we must know God's love in order to love other people. And because we are a broken people, loving others just may not be natural for us. Some people are just grumps and not very good at sharing love, and that's okay. They just need a little bit of push in the right direction from God. What's some scripture of ways to love? Or talking about loving one another. I love being able to search online and look at scripture when I say, what does loving one another look like in scripture? Well, Romans 12.10 says, being devoted to one another in love and honoring one another above yourselves is a way of showing love. 1 Peter 3.8 says, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. 1 Peter 1, 22 says, 
now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Ephesians 4, 2 commands us to be completely humble and gentle, be patient and bearing with one another in love. Hebrews 13, 1 says, Keep on loving one another as brothers, brothers and sisters. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. What are some truths that we've learned from today? We've learned ways to give and receive love. We all know that we need and deserve love. We all need and deserve love. No matter what it looks like, no matter who it's with, we all need and deserve love. And that perfect love comes from God. But we can also share that out with other people. We are all wired to think and feel in ways that express and consume love. Biggest truth, God is love. And showing love is showing God to others. We must love others to live in the light of Jesus. Just as the passage of scripture says, those who walk in the light walk in love for one another. We must do that. Despite our challenges, we must love one another. Despite our shortcomings, we must encourage one another. And despite our own prejudices and brokenness, we must respect one another. How are we going to love one another today? How are you going to love one another every day this week? What are things you can do to show love to other people, especially within the church body? For that's how the whole world will know of Jesus, is our love for one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you've spoken to us today through your word, music through the people here and through your presence. Help us to love one another just as you loved us. Just as you currently love us as well. We showed your love through Jesus. He died on the cross for us. We sacrificed himself so that we may live. Help us to love one another. Help us to give of ourselves to another person so that you may be present in that interaction. Help us to show love especially to those in the church around us, today and every day. For that's how the world will know of your love, Lord. Help us to love strangers, help us to love our friends, 
Help us to love our family. Help us to love one another in a way that's healthy and respectful and compassionate and true. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. We thank you for all you've done for us and what you're going to do for us as we leave this place. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And just as Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Peace be with you, so I send to you the peace of Jesus as you leave this place and share God's love with others. You are sent.